You know what I don't like is coffee culture. Now I'm not one to complain, right? You will know this. I'm not the sort of individual who'll use my massive public platform to complain. That's not what I do. That's a joke, by the way. But coffee culture is annoying. What you're looking at in front of you right now is a cup of Nescafe, Nescafe ground blend. That's all I know about it. Do you know what it tastes like? It's hot, but it's coffee. It's all it is. I have never once in my life understood the appeal of super expensive $8 coffees because it tastes amazing. It doesn't, right? There could be different fruits that I can kind of see that being the case for, you know? I've seen those expensive like Japanese watermelons where it's like a thousand bucks or like $50 for a watermelon. But then it contains sweet notes of hickory smoke or gentle touches of bourbon. But when it comes to coffee, just think about it. Just think about it for a moment, right? The coffee flavor is so pronounced, so sharp, that there's not a single chance that you can actually differentiate between the cheap shit and the expensive shit. If you've bought into that, someone's making a lot of money off you. But hey, have fun, enjoy it. Hi everyone, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Wild. This is episode nine, I believe, in this series, if I have to put it that way. We've obviously done a few different formats of this, so we're through to episode nine. Officially, that's how I'm gonna count it at least. How is everyone doing? I hope everybody's had a fantastic, fantastic week. I went to go watch Saw X yesterday. Now I know that I was obviously given the movie a lot of shit a few days ago, but I had to do it. I absolutely had to do it. When I was growing up, I always wanted to see the Saw movies in theaters, but I just really wasn't allowed to. That was during the heyday of Saw as well. Do you remember when you would be, when the way that you would find out about new movies coming out is by seeing the posters in a shopping center? you'd actually see the trailers before the movie for the first time you know before another movie for the first time and you'd be like no way i saw the trailer for 2012 in about 2008 right okay there's going to be a bunch of numbers here the film 2012 came out in 2009 so they would advertise the movie in 2008 because people were like oh my gosh what's going to happen in 2012 well we'll show you and in 2008, I remember watching the trailer for 2012, and it was just all these apocalyptic, cataclysmic scenes. I thought that it looked so epic, not epic in terms of like amazing, but so epic in terms of scale. And then it would go, it would be like this Chinese mountain man. 
and he'd be praying at a temple and then these huge waves would be coming through. I still remember it. And then it would cut to black and it would come 2012. And in 2008, I was like, damn, dude, this movie's still five years away. This is going to be the biggest movie of all time. Anyway, so those were the days, right? Do you remember that? I remember walking through shopping centers and seeing Saw 2 and they'd use two fingers. How cool is that actually in terms of marketing? They were good with those things. What did they do for Saw 3? I don't know. Teeth. Yes, now I remember teeth. Oh my gosh, that was cool. They'd have these cardboard teeth <laughs> hanging from the roof to advertise Saw 3. And I genuinely did think that that was the greatest form of marketing I had ever seen. Built up so much hype, right? And then the Saw series kind of got a little bit stagnant. One, two, three, good. I actually really liked four, five, six. I know a lot of people didn't, but the ones with John Kramer as Jigsaw and Tobin Bell still in it, I really enjoyed them. I thought that they were just an effective buildup of the series. Every movie was its own little journey that still built itself into the wider Saw story. And I know this because there were numerous school holidays when I would watch the entire series in one day, right? How cool. How cool of me. My nightmares. <laughs> All I would have seen that day is just people ripping their bones out of their skin. Very good for the psychoactive health. And then it got weird. You know, they had the 3D one, which was like, oh man, now it's starting to get a bit stupid, you know? There was this one scene in the 3D movie where they had a trap in public that was just behind all these panes of glass. And that was the first time where I thought to myself, okay, well, this is not as scary anymore. The first few was scary because it's like, whoa, could you imagine that these things are happening behind closed doors in faraway factories? And then this is like in the middle of New York town square. It's like, that's not going to happen, dude. It's totally taken away from the realism. Anyway, then came the new one. So then it just went quiet, right? Went super quiet off the release of Saw 3D. Then came, uh, no, it was just Jigsaw, which was supposed to be another one, but that one was so crap. I watched it and I, I it's so unmemorable. Don't even know who is in it. Then the one with Chris Rock came out. People didn't like that one. To be honest, I didn't like it either. I thought it was pretty crap. I just, my idea of Saw is Tobin Bell. When Tobin Bell, who's I think like 81 or 82 now, when he unfortunately does pass away for real, that's when it's going to be a case of, okay, this cannot go any further. However, let me get on to Saw X. I was quite excited. I genuinely was super excited when I heard that they were making another one, specifically with the returning cast. Now, I'm going to say spoiler alert here, even though there's only going to be seven of you listening to this. So excuse me. Elizma, Dan, Liam, Elliot, or anybody else that I know personally, if you haven't seen Saw, maybe you'd want to skip forward a couple of minutes. <laughs> That's going to be cute in a couple of years when I've got like a bunch of followers. They're like, oh, I referenced my followers first. <laughs> anyway, so kind of spoiler alert, but good movie, right? Very true to the original Saw series, okay? I'm going to kind of talk you through what it's all about. The movie starts with John Kramer. I don't know where the timing is. If you have to relate it back to the previous Saw movies, at least in this one, he's old, okay? He's about to die. But in the previous Saw movies, he dies, okay? 
He's a dead. They chop his brain up in the last one. They take his, his brain out. So I don't know where this is. Maybe it's a alternate universe or something. Anyway. The film opens with Jigsaw about to die. He's got cancer. He's very, very ill. He's walking through the hospital, super sick, and he sees a guy about to steal something. And in Jigsaw's head, he creates this trap that introduces the public to the first Jigsaw trap of the movie. Ooh! And it's a spooky one. Oh, it's a spooky one. Should I tell you what it is? Ooh, I just might. I just might. I'm actually just going to talk about the movie. If you wouldn't want to hear about this right now, that's all good. Um, I do want to kind of chat about it just because it's fresh in my head. So this guy is strapped to this chair. You know what? I'm not going to go into, into detail of all of them. But at least for this one, the first one, he's a thief. So the trap is all centered around... Uh, breaking this guy's fingers and if he doesn't break all of his fingers and he chooses to break his own fingers then his eyeballs get sucked out. <laughs> get sucked out. Uh, still pretty good. I liked it. Hey, what can I say? And he's super ill, right? John Kramer, Jigsaw. He doesn't have an option as to what to do going forward. All American doctors are saying to him, we can't help you out. Your cancer is just too bad and too aggressive. You've got a few months left to live. Jigsaw obviously doesn't want to die. I mean, who does? So he starts contemplating life until he meets a previous survivor that used to be with him at one of his cancer treatment facilities. And this gentleman has got this big scar on his stomach. And he goes, I can tell you about how I managed to save my life, but it's kind of below the table. And Jigsaw's like, tell me, dude, tell me. That's how he speaks. And this cancer survivor says to him, well, I know of this group of people who have created this miraculous breakthrough cancer treatment facility, but they have to jump from city to city to city to be able to do it. Long story short, he goes there. He meets with this incredible team who spends about a day operating on him and then afterwards puts him away and says, you need a rest now. Don't touch your wounds. And he goes, I feel, I feel really good. Did you do surgery on me? They're like, yes, we did. Turns out it was all a scam. He figures this out by taking his bandages off and there's no wound, <laughs> which I thought to myself, listen, if you're going to scam somebody, you could probably cut them a bit, right? If you're going to scam somebody to make them think that you've done surgery on them, on their cranium, maybe cut their cranium just slightly or at least hit him on the head really hard so that it hurts up there. But when somebody comes out of what is intended to me, dramatic life-changing surgery, and their head feels like it's untouched, like they've just had a great massage, they might think something's up before you have the chance to escape. So then Jigsaw crafts this revenge plot around the people who have wronged him. And the biggest focus for him based on that is you have pride on people with hope. So these individuals wake up. Hello, Deborah. I'd like to play a game. Before you lies two rods, you must stick both rods in 
your eyes and your ears, for you have wronged those who needed trust. Your time starts now. Who wants to be a millionaire, am I right? <laughs> it's like a scary who wants to be a millionaire, am I right, folks? <laughs> anyway, very good movie. The film kind of ends with John Kramer almost being tricked or hoodwinked by his uh, subjects, right? They managed to escape. And you watch the movie and you go, oh no, John's been bested, but he's like such a smart engineer and he's always one step ahead. And then turns out he was. He anticipated it all along. He knew who all these homies were. Okay. Now let me tell you my thoughts on the movie. Um, I'm, I don't have anything prepared when it comes to this. I'm just going to talk to you about it. I thought it was really good. It followed the same formula as the first few, obviously differentiating it slightly, you know, being more focused on John as opposed to these other individuals' lives and how, you know, they've committed a life of crime. And, you know, John is all good, but he wants to make them pay. This is more centered around him and, you know, you're fucking with Jigsaw, bro. Like, don't do that. It was very similar to the to the first few movies, which was great, right? And that's the best you can hope for when it's 15 years later, right? And they're making another one to try and make some money. It's the best thing you could hope for is that. I, I saw here that in terms of the reviews, some people are saying it's received mostly positive reviews from critics, with most describing it as the strongest entry since the first film and praising Bell's performance. That's awesome. I like Tobin Bell too. He reminds me of my grandma, <laughs> if, but he seems like a pretty decent guy when he's not killing, right? If you had to live in the Jigsaw universe, you'd, you'd, you'd be nice to him. Well, you'd, you'd obviously be nice to him, you know, but even if you weren't terrified of him, you'd be like, Jigsaw, I'm going to come and hang out today, all right? We can play some GTA 4. Now, don't you put me in a trap. <laughs> I don't want to wake up and have to rip out my own kidneys. Okay? Okay. <laughs> what pizza should we get? Really good movie. What I really liked as well is that they brought back some of the returning cast members from the first few movies. That was cool. That's what I wanted to see. I didn't anticipate it. I purposely didn't read anything about the movie. I didn't watch any additional trailers. I watched the first one just to see what it was all about. But I wanted to go into it fresh and I'm very happy that I did. But they brought back Amanda, which is great. Amanda kind of shows up halfway through the movie and maybe not even halfway, well, I'd say halfway, shows up halfway through the movie and she helps Jigsaw with his plan. And it was just really great to see her. You know, she that character will obviously be following Amanda Young, who Amanda Young is the lady who, who who does she play shawnee smith sorry the amanda character will follow shawnee smith around forever and it's good you know it, it's it's really nice that she that she goes into this and then right at the end mark hoffman the detective who you know jigsaw was gonna have to be his protege comes back too 
And I thought, heck yes. The, the film kind of ends with the idea of Jigsaw and Detective Mark Hoffman still having a lot of work to do. So I do think that there will be some future movies. Oh, dude, if Saw X makes money, bro, they'll eventually get to Saw Triple X, that's for sure. Well, the budget's 13 million. It's been out for two days. It's already doubled its budget. Guaranteed. Guaranteed we're going to be seeing some more Saw movies. So, fantastic. I'm happy with that. But yeah, it was pretty darn good. So that was a bit of a an exciting thing for me to chat about. I have some more things that I wanted to run through top to bottom. I'm going to ask that you will come with me on this fantastic journey. Now, do you remember those Mexican aliens? Have you seen an alien, please? If you haven't seen the Mexican aliens, this was so silly. It was just, what, two weeks ago, some news popped up. Let me actually just share my screen with you guys. Oh, it sounds like I'm in a Zoom. But about two weeks ago, this popped up. You know, you just wake up and then it's on the front page of Reddit. And if you know it's on the front page of Reddit, something's going on. But the Mexican government just came forward and just said, hey, we've managed to find real aliens. And they brought out this. Just these mummified, decoupage looking fucking stickmen that's like a foot tall look at this they're doing mri mri scans on this little thing bro that is just ridiculous it's like the size of a baby anyways if you actually believe that this is aliens man it's just getting so ridiculous i don't know what the government is trying to convince us of nowadays honestly there you go. That's an alien, bro. Look, they look just like us, except they got reptile faces. Could you imagine if this was aliens? Bro, I wouldn't be scared of them. If they had to abduct me, bro, I'd stand up out of that bed, pull the probe out of wherever they put it, and I'd punch them in their alien faces, bro. Give them black eyes. And I'd be like, take me home, dude. I feel like this is a date that's gone really sour. Take me home. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. Anyway, so I actually wanted to read a little bit about what actually ended up happening to these aliens. Uh, let's look at some of the news stories. A Mexican journalist went viral after he presented alien bodies to Congress. Now he is accused of plundering them from ancient sites. Okay. After Mexico's alien stunt, five other famous occasions where the so-called remains of extraterrestrials... <laughs> Why am I going to not say that? Extraterrestrials... That might be interesting. We can have a look at that. Uh, unearthed alien bodies in Mexico are real and retired expert claims he has proof. Oh, dude. You see, okay, so this is where you just don't understand what's true and what's not anymore, right? You've got three articles, right? As you just Google the words Mexican aliens. The first article says it's fake. This was a journalist who put it forward. The second one says the same thing. And then the third one go, it's real. And here's proof. Let's look at that one first. I want to see what the proof is. 
unearthed alien bodies in Mexico are real. Hey man, I don't know. But I'm going to take a safe bet and say that they're not real, right? They're just little tiny midges that somebody's made. I know that they did an autopsy on them as well. I'd be so curious to see what the results were. Okay, I'm going to be reading this to you all. A so-called alien autopsy was conducted earlier this month on the bodies of non-human life forms found in Peru. Well, firstly, they wouldn't be in Peru. Everybody knows that when an alien decides to fuck with Earth, I go to America! New York's where it's at, bro. Even they know it's the best city in the world. The bodies which were first unearthed in 2017 in a cave in Cusco were found to have no evidence of any assembly or manipulation of the skulls, leading experts to believe that the remains were indeed some form of extraterrestrial life forms. While the discovery was shocking to the millions of viewers who tuned in, it wasn't shocking to Cliff Miles, a retired paleontologist from Orem, Utah. Excuse me, I would just like to move this there so that I can keep a track to make sure these things are still recording. We know what's up. Okay, so that guy says that it's real. I personally removed all of the diatomaceous earth off of Josefina when I went to Peru, he told the Daily Express, referring to the so-called alien autopsy body. Her skin is complete and intact for her entire body. No seams, no scars, no way to create a fake of any kind. She is sound. He's also from Manchester. Miles also pointed out that aliens have their own form of medicine and that the alien body exhibited proof of this medicine, which he believes is better than human medicine. If there is a scar, it's under her medical device that is on her chest, he said. She has had her clavicle operated on, with the medial portion of them being removed. I fully expect alien medicine to be superior to our own. Now, if that is not just a nothing sentence, absolutely nothing was spoken about here, right? Firstly, he refers to this thing as a she. Bro, I don't see no boobs. Uh, an alien medicine? What's alien medicine? And also, it's under her medical device that is on her chest. There's no medical device that's on her chest. Okay, this article is bullshit. Uh, let's look at something else. Five other famous occasions when the so-called remains of extraterrestrials were found on Earth. So basically, what I can conclude here, apart from all these thousands of ads that's making my viewing process very difficult, it's been debunked. Nobody thinks that these things are real. Maybe scientists just don't know where they came from. Hey, let's see. I saw this photo. <laughs> I know it's not real, right? But I saw that Jake Paul <laughs> bought an alien. That guy's got too much money, dude. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine having those sorts of funds at your disposal? Where you see an alien 
on the news and you've got the money to go, ah, I'm going to buy one. Jake Paul bought the alien from Mexico. Just ridiculous. What would you even do with it? Alrighty. The corpses found preserved in a Peruvian mine and supposedly dating back a thousand years had already been debunked two years earlier. You see, there's just not enough information about this sort of things. So what are the other five times the world has almost been duped into believing that alien remains have been found on Earth? Um, here is another alien called Atta the alien. Ugh, nothing's bloating. Oh, look at that. Ew, that's ugly. That looks like something out of Nightmare on Nightmare Before Christmas. <coughs> Damn, dude. Why are aliens so small? Make them big, bro. <coughs> that's what I'd like to see. A big-ass alien that scares me. <laughs> they just found this alien in a fridge. Oh, dude, that is sickening. That's, that's not real... This looks like a cut-up kiwi. In 1995, Ray Santilli claimed he possessed footage from the 1947 Roswell UFO incident. Whoa, there's the alien, bro. He's got a big old belly and shit. <laughs> Aliens come down. They figure out we've got KFC. They decide to spare us and just start eating and getting fat. God, that, that would be an incredible turn of events, huh? Give us all your space cash. The problem with all of this is, <laughs> the face is funny. It's just very difficult to determine if any of it's real. And chances are none of it is. And it's all so different. I do think that if it was all a part of a big government ploy, they would at least look remotely similar. You know, they do all have the same sort of build. And this one is maybe a little bit more interesting. In 2011, in the frozen wasteland of Siberia, two walkers claimed to have found the remains of an alien in a known UFO hotspot. Like, that's, that's a little bit better, right? Not an, an alien in a laboratory. Just, just dead. You know, it's, it's got nothing. What's, uh, it's got nothing. I like its face. It looks funny. This one, at least, you know, you could, you could probably find an alien in the wild like that. To be honest, listen, if I had to find this, nobody would believe me either, right? But I'd be like, bro, this is, I, I found this. Uh, back in 2004, a major police alert was sparked following the discovery, discovery of a potential alien-like fetus in the back garden of a home in County Durham. Ugh. That's gross. Oh, is that it? There's no more photos of that? That looks kind of interesting. Anyway, I don't think anything... Okay, so basically, these aliens have been debunked. There's nothing going on with them. I wish there was. It'd be pretty darn interesting if that did have to happen, but we're not cool enough. I remember seeing this quote that said, if you look at the scale of the universe, one of two things is true. 
Either we are alone or we are not alone. Both of which are equally terrifying. Which I thought was a cool quote, right? Would you want there to be aliens? You know, if somebody said to you that they were, what if they're dangerous? But imagine there wasn't. Imagine it's just us. Oh, that's even spookier. I don't know. I've got this conspiracy theory where I believe that the government is going to manipulate an alien invasion using something called Project Bluebeam, which is all holographic displays and projections, which will then band us together in a global state of emergency to incentivize and push a new world order. Because together we can fight back against the aliens. It's the ultimate way to get all the government folk, all the governments in the world focusing on one agenda. Think about it. Think about it. Anyway, a little bit disappointed about those Mexican aliens. Not really sure why that made worldwide news. Thought it was gonna be way more important than it was. And same thing with like Tom DeLonge, dude. You know, they're obviously on tour right now, but he full wholeheartedly believes in aliens. He's taken out things like government classified documents that says there are aliens and it's all being hushed. I personally don't believe in aliens, but it'd be cool if there was and they were friendly and peaceful and I wanted to come out and just hang. Anyway, so that's what's going on with aliens. I was really hoping that it would have been a slightly more interesting story, but Sometimes the world can be a little bit boring. Alrighty, so this is something that I wanted to talk about, which is gonna become a bit of a consistent part of the show, which is interesting things that have happened in our time, right? Fun stuff, weird stuff, creepy stuff, people that, things that not a lot of people would necessarily know about. And this is a story about a guy by the name of Sam Bollard. I don't know if that name rings a bell. It might, it did make some international news, but for all intents and purposes, Probably not, but that's all good. That's why I'm here. This is the story of Sam Ballard, the Australian teen who ate a slug on a drunken dare and died because of it. Pretty crazy, man. Pretty crazy straight off the bat. A 19-year-old rugby player from Sydney, Sam Ballard contracted rat lungworm disease and spent eight long years paralyzed before dying in November of 2018. That's sad, right? This kid was 19 years old. That was him before the accident or before the event. And look at him. You can tell that he's a happy dude. Super satisfied with his life, comfortable, relatively good looking lad as well. Sam Bollard was a promising 19-year-old rugby player from Sydney, Australia, enjoying a weekend get-together with friends in 2010 when he made a random decision that would prove fatal. As the friends had a bit of a red wine appreciation night, friend Gavin said, a typical garden slug crawled out in front of him. In a moment of teenage bravado, sometimes uh, perhaps influenced by the wine, Bollard was dared to eat the slug and then off Sam went. At first, everything seemed fine and the friends carried on as usual. But within a few days time, Sam began to complain of severe pain in his legs. Then he started vomiting and experiencing dizzy spells when his condition wor worsened and he fell weak. His mother rushed him to the hospital. 
No one would have predicted that hospital visit would result in a 420 day long coma that would paralyze Ballard for eight years and eventually kill him. So how could such an innocuous event cause such a horrible tragedy? When they first arrived at the hospital, Sam Ballard's mother, Katie, feared that Sam might have multiple sclerosis, a condition that had affected his father. But doctors said, no, that's not what's going on. Sam turned to his mother and explained that he had eaten a slug. And I went, no, no one gets sick from that. Because it's true, right? You know, I wouldn't really necessarily think that I would die or get extremely ill from eating a slug. But as it turned out, Sam had gotten sick from that. He'd become infected with rat lungworm, a condition caused by a parasitic worm usually found in rodents, though it can transfer to slugs and snails if they eat rodent excrement. Ew. When Ballard ate the live slug, it transferred to him. When a human ingests rat lungworm larva, they penetrate the inner lining of the intestinal tract and work their way into the liver and lungs, then into the central nervous system. That is so gross. Dude, have you seen parasites? You know, they look like spaghetti. Oh, and they move and they think and they crawl and they, they delve. Oh, dude, that is so sickening. This poor guy. In most instances, rat lungworm disease causes mild symptoms, if any, and most people would contract it, uh, most people who contracted the illness recover within a matter of days or weeks. However, there are those rare instances where the symptoms are much more severe, as was the case with Sam. According to the University of Hawaii, humans are a dead-end host for the nematode Angiostrongylitis canonothesis, the scientific name for rat lungworm. No need to include that, by the way, Mr. Whoever wrote this. Meaning the parasites don't reproduce in humans, but they do get lost in the central nervous system or even move into the eye chamber until they die. That is yuck, bro. Okay, so this is what they look like. Look at that thing. Oh, it's just a big old worm. I don't know what it is, but parasites just freak me out. It is, it's like the one thing where when I die and I go up to heaven, I'll just, I'll just ask God. I'll be like, why'd you make those? Were they really necessary? The presence of these parasites can result in transient meningitis, inflammation of the meninge, the membranes that protect the brain and spinal cord, or more severe and direct damage to the brain, spinal cord, and nerve roots. In the case of Ballard, this damage induced a coma and left him bound to a wheelchair and unable to eat without a tube. Listen to this. Sam Ballard's life after waking up from his coma. Katie Ballard, his mum, once described her son as invincible and called him a larrikin, an Australian slang term used to describe a young man who is boisterous and badly behaved. He was a naughty kid, man. He liked to have a bit of fun. When something bad, <laughs> when something bad ultimately did happen, it blindsided her. He is still the same cheeky Sam and laughs a lot. She wrote in a Facebook post. Later added, it's devastated and changed his life forever. Changed my life forever. It's huge. The impact is huge. Katie Ballard initially remained hopeful that her son would one day regain the ability to walk and talk after some time, though, her hope had faded. Need some context here, maybe? After he woke up from his coma, he was a quadriplegic. Sam's para... Pala <laughs> Sorry. 
I don't know what's going on with me today. I cannot speak. Sam's paralysis meant he now required 24-hour care, seven days a week. He was prone to seizures, unable to go to the bathroom without help or control his body temperature. He spent three years in the hospital before being released, just able to operate a motorized wheelchair. Online trolls were quick to cast blame, saying that Sam's friends should be the ones paying for Sam to be looked after. Kelly Ballard never blamed his friends, though. They were just young, and they were just being mates. So this is him with his friends now. Where it was, there he is in the middle, obviously. I wonder who the guy was that said, hey, eat the slug, dude. I mean, you're going to feel guilty. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter who says it's not your fault. You can, of course, feel guilty. And the thing is, it's just what dudes do, right? Guys do these sorts of stupid things. Poor fella. Really sad story. Jimmy Galvin, that was the guy that told him to eat the slug or dared him to eat the slug, told the project that the first time he saw his friend again, he apologized for not stopping him from eating the slug. He's in that 100%, Galvin said. He's in there 100%, Galvin said. I apologized to Sam about everything that happened that night in the backyard, and he just started bawling his eyes out. I know he's there. Another of Sam's friends, Michael, described what it was like seeing Sam in the hospital. When I walked in, he was very gaunt, and there were cables everywhere. It was a huge shock. Still, his friends never abandoned him. They'd come around often to watch footy. <laughs> they put that in quotation marks, and rugby with him. When Katie left the room, Sam would reach out for an open beer and his friends would pour him just a little bit onto his lips. He said his eyes lit up whenever they entered the room. That's sad. Seeing where he is now, being able to move his arms or just grip something, that to me is a huge improvement. Michael Sheesby told the project. The walking into the room and a hand coming out to give you a handshake, it's that kind of stuff. Team Ballard, as they were called, initially even managed to raise enough money to pay for Sam's care. But it wasn't enough for the constant, round-the-clock care Sam would require for the rest of his life. Thankfully, Sam became eligible for a half-a-million-dollar care package in 2016 when his mother submitted an application to the National Disability Insurance Scheme. But after eight years, Sam died at the age of 27. A second tragedy struck the Ballard family only a year after Sam was approved for NDIS funding. As reported by The Courier, in October 2017, after a review of Sam's plan, the Australian NDIS slashed his allocation from half a million dollars to only 135000 When they texted Katie to inform her, they offered no explanation. The funding cut left the Ballards $42,000 in, in debt to the nursing service that had been caring for Sam. Substantial media coverage and a push from Katie eventually saw the decision reversed and Sam's funding restored. With the NDIS claiming that the cut to Sam's funding was due to an error and not a policy change. Despite this, unfortunately, the seeming endless health complications Sam Ballard faced over the course of eight years took their toll and he passed away in November 2018. That's him and his mum. Looks so different to what he did. Poor guy. Poor, poor, poor guy. Uh, 
And they asked the mum, what would you say to people? And she went, before you jump off a roof, Galvin, Galvin, if you're daring a mate to eat something stupid, just think about it, because they're going to have the worst consequence. Just take care of each other. Sam Ballard's final words to his mother were, I love you. Awful. Awful, awful, awful story. And I don't necessarily think that it's relatable in that sense, but I don't think anybody would have expected something like that to happen, right? Boys are stupid, dude. Boys do stupid stuff all the time. I did stupid stuff as a kid. I didn't eat any slugs, but I wouldn't have been surprised if I did. Alrighty, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, I don't know, I think I need a nap or something. I'll do something better next week, I swear to you. Thank you very much for listening to another fantastic episode of Wild. I do still appreciate you all being here, and I still love the idea of being able to just spend my time here, chatting to all you beautiful people. I hope you've all been taking care of yourself. Please continue to do so. Go follow my TikTok post a lot of stuff on there. Alrighty. I'll see you guys again in a week's time. Goodbye.